Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. So today I want to talk about something that I feel like might feel a bit over-discussed, but I want to try and present it in a kind of new and different way. And it's a question of, are like we under some sort of obligation to vote? Um, we've all heard the arguments that we should. It's our civic duty. If we don't, we can't complain. Uh, if, if we don't, some horrible person will um, take charge of the country, etc., etc. So we hear a lot of those kinds of reasons. But I think for many of us, they, they still are un- motivating. In other words, those of us who are motivated to vote, I'm very motivated to vote, um, we, we kind of already are, right? Because there's specific things that we either want to keep the same or we want to see change. Like, so those particular issues or people really motivate us. But when people aren't that motivated, it doesn't really seem that saying, well, you've got this responsibility because they, they have responses that to be honest, often makes sense. They have responses like, well, uh, my district is horribly gerrymandered, so even if, even, even if my vote is part of the winning side, we still lose. <laughs> or um, my, my vote doesn't really count because of the electoral college. Um, or uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the winning side. And I already know we're going to win, so it doesn't really, really matter. So why kind of go through the trouble? So there's a lot of different reasons why. But I want to present a reason that I think makes it an actual moral obligation to vote. Not a civic duty, not something that we have to feel guilty about because our, uh, you know, our country's given us so much and we're supposed to return it through our vote. I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of politicians often genuinely don't want us to vote um, unless we're voting for them, of course. So that civic duty thing, I think, kind of falls apart when it's actually involved in actual politics. So what could be a moral reason to vote? And <laughs> to answer that, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step backwards for a minute. So bear with me, because I'm, I'm going to start somewhere that I think probably is going to seem like makes no sense at all. Um, and I'm going to start with the fact that I do not bring my own candy or food or snacks into movie theaters. Um, and people think I'm really weird for it. Uh, they'll be like, oh, let's get some snacks beforehand. I'll be like, nah, I'll, I'll take a pass. I'll buy, buy my snacks there if I want them. And they tend to respond, whoa, why would you do that? It's so, so overpriced. I mean, that's how they get you, man. Like, that's a ridiculous price. You shouldn't have to pay that. And I will point out, it is, it is quite expensive. It is cost prohibitive, prohibitive uh, given my, given how much money I have, granted. Um, and they might wonder, well, oh, is it just because you need to be some sort of like robotic rule follower? Oh, they tell me I'm not allowed to do it, so I won't do it. Or are you just afraid of getting caught? No. My reason is, is that I actually really like going to the movies. <clears throat> and so I say that and people think it's very strange. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you like going to the movies, so you don't bring in your own candy. Yes, exactly. Because for me, it, it, it works like this. Here's my logic. Um, movie theaters are starting to go out of business. A lot of theaters are struggling. And this is because of things like Netflix. And do not get me wrong, I love my Netflix. I'm just saying a lot of people can stay home. And so this is not helping the actual movie theater industry because movie theaters themselves are, are really quite expensive to, to run and maintain. Um, they have to pay the rent for the space that they use, but they also have to pay not just like employees. And let's be honest, they probably don't 
pay their employees very well, but, you know, janitorial staff, cleaning and maintenance, so on and so forth, rules and regulations and costs for food, taxation, uh, and, of course, the fact that they have to pay to show the films, which are very, very, very expensive. You know, the, there's a reason why they stop showing films at a certain point or they're willing to show films after they've come out and gone to video or something like that um, to help make a little bit more money because the the producers of those films charge so much money for them to be able to show the film. So you've probably heard people say this. This is The, the, the food is kind of how the theater makes its money. And so a lot of people are like, well, that's just how they make their money. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, oh, well, we just need to help other people make money, right? There's obviously there's an issue of greed. Like, are they charging just because they can, um, just because they want to make more money? Well, that would certainly be problematic. But really what it comes down to is the theaters can't stay afloat if they don't, right? In other words, if they don't charge that much money, they, they, they can't continue to exist, right? Um, the tickets are pretty expensive. If they charge as much for the tickets as they need to, to be able to, be able to show the films, um, we wouldn't buy the tickets. So they do it with the food instead. So my thought process is, well, I like the theater. If I have the money, I don't mind giving the money that I have allotted to this um, to help the theater continue to exist. Now, so, some people kind of reply, well, I don't care that much about movie theaters, so why does it matter? Well, there's a further kind of moral argument, which is, is kind of like, <clears throat> imagine you have a friend who has a party, and they say, okay, listen, we're going like, to have the alcohol for people here, so please don't bring your own. Just bring $5 if you want a drink. Um, and so like, if you, you go to their party, you go to their home, you go to the party, and you're like, Psh, I don't want to have to pay $5. I've already got beer in the fridge. I'm just going to bring my beer with me. And so you go in and... You know, your friend sees you and you're like, hey, that's not one of the beers we're serving. And you're like, yeah, because you're charging five bucks and I don't want to pay five bucks. And they say, okay, so I'm going to ask you to either throw out your beer or to leave. And we might get like really upset about it. But at the end of the day, like that's their home. They're allowed to make pretty much any reasonable rule that they want because that's their space. So they can literally say, no, you can't stay here. And generally, we actually like that idea. We like the idea of being able to kick people out of our homes, that they're somehow breaking a rule that we, that we think that people should follow in our own homes. Well, similarly, the movie theater has basically said, listen, you don't have to buy our food. If you want to come in to watch a movie, here's the ticket you have to pay for. However, if you want food, the only thing we're going to say is please do not bring your own. This is how we make our money. This is how we pay our employees. This is how we pay our stockholders, so on and so forth. So if you are going to have food, please purchase it here. Otherwise, you know, just wait two hours <laughs> or eat beforehand or something along those lines. So part of what gets me about it is the fact that I don't have to have the snacks to go to the movie. I don't need it to survive. In fact, movies are for me just a pleasurable thing that I enjoy going to, right? Um, so it's different from if people were charging me something that I needed to live. Like then I would maybe like see where people were coming from. Like, oh, I, I need this medication to not die or I'm going to starve to death and you're charging me this insane amount of money. No, I'm just going to sneak whatever I can. But the fact of the matter is, is like, if I don't want to pay their prices, they're not making me. I don't have to go to the movie theater in the first place. I can simply say, and I do this on occasion, right? If there's something that I don't like, if I don't like what a company is doing, I just don't buy from them, right? And that seems perfectly fair. I don't like what they're doing. I don't, or I don't like how they treat their employees or whatever. I don't buy from them and no harm, no foul, right? They don't get my money and um, I don't have to feel culpable in giving them money to do 
something that I think is wrong. So if I didn't like what the movie theater was doing, I could simply choose not to go to the movie theater. Or if I don't like the prices that they charge, I can simply not buy their food. But what reason do I have to violate their rule that I've in all good faith agreed to? I've basically said by buying their ticket and going into the theater, I basically said, yes, I agree that I will not bring in my own food. Tacitly, I've, I've said this, right? I know this is a rule. If I go in there, I choose to violate this rule just because I feel like it, not because, you know, I, I have to, to live or something like that, but simply because I don't want to pay the prices that they've pretty fairly said, these are our prices, please don't buy, uh, don't, please don't bring in your own food. Um, and I've kind of said, well, you know, forget you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this anyways because I can. And then we get upset if they like ask us to leave. Don't get me wrong, there's some extreme cases where like if someone's diabetic or something, uh, where I could see there being an issue. But and that being said, what is, why does this matter? And how does this relate to voting? <laughs> this has to do with the fact that I think that we have this idea that our society is bene benefited by inordinate selfishness and the idea that we are in constant competition with others and that their failure is our success and our success requires their failure. Um, what I mean is, is that at the end of the day, I, I really actually like what movie theaters do. Gen, you know, generally, you know, I love being, I love the experience of going to the movie theater. So if I have additional money that I can use to pay what I think is a fair price, I don't mind doing that. And I think everyone benefits from that. They benefit and I benefit. I don't feel a need to be in a competition with the movie theater to try and get away with whatever I can. Because here's the fact of the matter. We all pay more money for the tickets and the food costs more because people sneak food in. In other words, if everyone was like, if I want food, I'll buy food, or I'll just wait till I get home. If everyone did that instead, the theater would be making more money. And thusly, they wouldn't have to charge as much for the food to be able to stay afloat. Now, you might argue, well, if they were making more money, what's to stop them from just pocketing it? You're right. They just might. And it's that lack of trust, that lack of, of, of working together is what's causing both of us to lose out. The theater might go out of business and I might stop being able to go to movie theaters as a result. In other words, if I knew that I could give them my money and they, they were like, okay, well, we want to make some money. I mean, it's a business. Of course we want to make some money. We're not going to, but I also knew that I could charge, I could trust them not to charge insanely or unfairly or an inordinate amount that they, that they, even if they could charge more that they wouldn't because they're making enough. If I knew that they were willing to do that, I knew that I could trust them with my welfare and I don't mind paying them that reasonable price to get the service that I want. But they know that they're in competition with me and I know that I'm in competition with them. And so all of a sudden there becomes this, well, maybe I can sneak to another movie, you know, when I go, maybe I can bring in my food. And it's basically like the things that happen with like shoplifting, you know, like why are so many co people comfortable doing that? Well, I think a lot of people are really comfortable doing that because they feel like the store is trying to take advantage of them, right? They look at Walmart and they see that Walmart is not paying its, uh, its employees very well. You know, Walmart is making an insane amount of money. Um, so people feel like, well, they're trying to take advantage of me if I can get away with something. And it's a real kind of different mindset from the mindset of like my grandfather used to have, say like in the 1950s, where um, if someone overcharged, excuse me, if someone undercharged him for something and he got home and realized it, he would like go back and give them their money, you know? And if you'd be like, grandpa, like it's just a, it's just a dime. Like, why would you give them, why would you go? He'd be like, cause it's not my money, right? I, I knew that this was the cost. They made an error. That's their money. 
And so the point being is, is he viewed himself not in competition with the, with the company, but working with them. Now today we have this weird interaction where like, comp obviously the companies are in competition with each other. They're in competition with their employees, right? The employees all know that their company is going to try and shaft them. And so they, you know, it's like, well, I might as well steal a stapler. Like, at least I'm going to get something out of this, right? You know, I know that they're not going to give me the best insurance or health insurance that they can. I know that they're not going to pay me the best wage that they can. They're going to do, they're going to pay me the best insurance that they have to, to get an employee at most, right? They're going to pay me the highest wage that they have to, but they're not going to be like, you know what? We can pay a little bit more. It's not going to take, you know, we're making more than enough money. We'll pay you a little bit more. Why not? You know, just because we view that as bad capitalism. But the comedy of the whole thing is, is that's actually in the long run bad for everybody, including the businesses. Because what you have is situations where like companies like Walmart have to account for tremendous amounts of shrinkage. Like not only is stuff broken and lost, but people are stealing stuff with regularity. Walmart knows that they can't trust us not to steal stuff. So they spend an inordinate amount of money to hire like security guards and you know people to watch cameras and the cameras and stuff. So they're spending all that money on doing that. Well, you know, their stockholders are not going to be thinking to themselves, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, that should come out of my pocket. No, that, that cost for the loss of stolen stuff and the having to pay for more security and cameras and video feeds and all of that, that cost gets either deferred to the consumers or they're just going to pay their employees less, right? And we know we can't trust Walmart because Walmart has for a very long time had issues with things like rape in their um, parking lots because they have these really large parking lots and they tend to be really dark. And studies show like if you put like one person in that parking lot with a golf cart, all of a sudden incidences of rape like decrease like an a, a extraordinary amount. But that costs money. And we know that they're not going to spend that money to do that thing to help us. That ends up not being their legitimate responsibility. And they're going to spend that money instead on cameras inside the store as opposed to cameras outside the store. Like those cameras aren't there to reduce rape. When they have cameras outside the store, they're to catch shoplifters, right? So my argument is, is that when we're all trying to get one over on the other, what really happens is everyone gets a, is a little bit worse off. It's basically the prisoner scenario. I, I'll be very short about it, but it's kind of that idea where you have two people who commit a crime together, they get caught, and they're both offered a deal. And if they both turn each other in, that goes pretty poorly for them. If neither of them turns the other in, they get some time. But if one turns one in and the other doesn't, the person who turned the friend in, they get no time and their friend is shafted, right? <laughs> Well, if you run that prisoner scenario one time, the best thing to do is turn your friend in and hope they don't turn you in because then you get no time whatsoever. If neither of you says anything, you still get a little bit of time, right? So that seems to be kind of how we run our businesses and how we deal with like, okay, well, if I can get away with it, let me get away with it. If I can sneak my food in, fine. If I can, you know, build a car like the Ford Pinto that occasionally explodes and well, you know, if I can sell cigarettes that kill people and get away with it, well, you know, it is what it is. But the problem is, is society doesn't run the prisoner scenario just once. The problem is, is if you run the prisoner scenario multiple times, once one person shafts the other, the other person knows that they're going to be shafted. So they're going to shaft the other person. They're not going to be nice the second time around. So now both turn each other in, which ends up being more time than if they both said nothing.
The best thing to do if you're running the prisoner scenario multiple times is, is not turn each other in and serve a little bit of time. Kind of like, okay, I pay for the food at the movie theater and the movie theater also lowers their price a little bit because we're all buying food from them. And so everyone benefits in the long run from doing this. But because we live in a society that basically tells us that for some reason we're all better off if we're all just constantly in competition and being as selfish as possible, which is strange because I don't think like people in the States are like inherently selfish. I'm not trying to make that argument. Like I've been really impressed. In fact, like I did trick or treating for UNICEF um, last year and you know, I saw people with uh, Hillary Clinton bumper stickers and I saw people with Donald Trump bumper stickers and so many people were willing to give random change to a man who was going around on Halloween saying, hey, I'm not asking for candy, I'm asking for spare change to help starving kids. And I'd say something like 95% of people were like, they, they'd be kind of like nonplussed for a moment. They'd be like, wait, what? Okay, and then they turn around and inconvenience themselves, go inside their home, find their change. And some people were very generous, right? So the, the, the point then being is, is I think people really do want to help. I think pe many people here in the States really do care. And when, and when they see people suffering, they genuinely often do want to do something about it. But we're all kind of told that the best way to deal with business is to be as in competition with each other as possible. Other people's problems aren't just our problems. This has now infected our educational system and for-profit education where you know teachers are in competition with other teachers and schools are in competition with schools. This is all just to say that we are actually working on this stuff together. And it's kind of like, I remember when Barack Obama became president and Rush Limbaugh was like, I hope he fails. And I'm like, dude, that's like being in the plane, hoping the, the pilot crashes. You know, it's the same thing with Donald Trump. Like to say, well, it's one thing to say, well, I hope that um, he is not successful in making this change or doing this thing that he wants to do. It's another thing to be like, I hope the country you know, like catches a flame, you know, like we're here. <laughs> so the point being is, is like, we actually are like stuck in this in many ways together. And this idea that we are no way impacted by other people and like, well, if that business goes poorly or they're all just trying to shaft us, it doesn't matter. These are all like, these are pretty inaccurate if you think about it. Like if we want to continue being able to go to movie theaters, we need to play fair and be willing to play by their rules. And if they want us to keep going, they need not to charge too much. But instead, everyone's trying to kind of get away with whatever they can. Well, what does this have to do with voting? This has to do with the fact that I think because we're constantly told that we should be selfish, think about number one. You got to put number one first. We're constantly being told that that's the priority in our culture. We're being told like, you know, when we buy things and sell things like, you know, well, if you can get away with it, get away with it. What's the big deal? We like, we've lost a real sense of integrity of this answerability to other people and the harm that might be done to them. And the fact that, you know, if I steal the salt shakers from the restaurant that I go to, like this might literally result in, in the employee he's getting paid less money, you know? So the voting issue becomes one of realizing that it really plays into politicians' hands for them to encourage us to vote just for ourselves. They'll say things like, you need to make more money. You're not making enough money or you're not getting the health insurance that you want or they're trying to tax you too much. Why are you paying so much in taxes? So on and so forth. Like they appeal to our individual selfishness. You feel, there's very, very few times when you hear politicians talk about like the poor, because the poor really just don't have access to voting. 
they'll appeal to like the middle class and to the wealthy because, you know, the wealthy and the businesses are where the money comes from for a lot of politicians. And then the middle class tends to be the largest voting bloc, so they appeal to them. But they're not going to talk about like, we're going to do something to help the poor because all of a sudden all these middle class voters and all these companies that are pouring money into it, I'm like, why would I vote for that person? What are they going to do for me? Well, I mean, if the poor had health insurance, you'd be less likely to get sick when you eat fruit that they pick, right? But this, this whole issue of why should I vote? I don't have to. It's not going to really impact me. Well, but what about all the others that it might impact? I guess I want to consider the possibility that maybe, maybe, and I realize this sounds insane because we all only get one vote, right? Maybe we shouldn't just be voting for ourselves and what we think is going to help us with our paychecks and help keep our 401 safe or like we're worried about losing our jobs. And by the way, these are legit worries. And the fact that a lot of people have felt ignored about like being able to find work and the fact that they felt ignored about their health insurance and stuff like these are legit. But generally, we're encouraged to just kind of vote for we, what we want. And we don't think about like, well, is this going to affect other people's marriage rights? Is this going to affect um, other, other people being who are desperate to get into a country because they're refugees and their, their families are being threatened with death and mutilation and rape? You know, <sighs> these people are blue collar white workers who are whose voice is not being heard like. Are we thinking about how, not just how our vote is like going to help, our, the, the, the number one predictor usually of the way an election is going to go is the economy. If people are feeling like they're doing pretty well, they will vote for someone that they don't even really generally agree with, uh, like morally, <laughs> because eh, they're doing okay. But that means, think about that in a Darwinian sense. Politics is very Darwinian, right? The politicians who survive who are willing to do what's necessary to survive, they survive. And the ones that don't, you know, so it's pretty cutthroat, right? It's survival of the fittest. But what that means is, is every politician knows that they, they don't need to actually like appeal to our larger sense of integrity or morality. They don't actually need to worry about how they act in their own lives or how they speak. They don't have to worry about the impact of those kinds of things, especially now in this day and age, because they know that if our wallets are pretty good, we'll vote for them anyways. And that's terrifying. I mean, that's straight out of Rome. That reminds me of like Juvenal, who's a Roman poet who wrote about Panam and circuses and how basically as long as people had entertainment and food, you could take away all their civil rights <laughs> and they let you because, you know, they had, they got, they were, they were eating, they had stuff to entertain them. So you could just kind of take away their rights. And it's funny how like, how many rights in, in, on, we've lost in terms of both sides of the aisle, whether it's rights to privacy or rights to habeas corpus. There's a lot of stuff that we seem kind of like willing to give up. I mean, we're looking at major changes in our healthcare system, stuff like that. And you realize that people are kind of like, well, but my wallet's okay. But honestly, I mean, not to be like too preachy, please do forgive me for that. But maybe a moral reason to vote would be because like, even if you think it's not really going to impact you, what about the poor? What about the impact of your vote on the homeless? What about your impact on your vote uh, for women or for a minority or for white men? Like whatever group of people that you are particularly concerned about or could have a concern about. Like how might your vote help others? And I can't help but think that if we kind of banded together, all of us, the whole lot of us, basically said, look, we're going to vote not just based on our wallets, but based on our conscience and also with the welfare of other people, including ourselves, 
and our families in mind. All of it. We're going to vote with the concern of larger society, individual people, their welfare. You can't just appeal to me, man. You can't. Well, they'd have to really change their tact, wouldn't it? They, they, these politicians, they would really have to like, step up in terms of at least pretend to be slightly more moral people. They probably would have to speak to larger issues that have a, a grander impact on our society in terms of character. I mean, I say this too much, so forgive me, but I think it's a good point to end. The, the fact of the matter is, is every single one of us, to the best of my knowledge, is going to die one way or the other. Right. And we vote kind of almost like, well, we can't like, like, we're not going to like, well, if I vote this way, I'll have more money. And like, I can have more like, I don't know, bottled water and I, I, I won't die. No, like it's going to happen. The real question is, is are we, are we the people that we want to be before we are, we, before that end comes? Like, that's the fundamental ethical question. Like, are we people who believe that we are doing the right thing? So even if it doesn't affect you, you're, you're like, I have health insurance. Why do I have to, why would I want to vote for something that's going to raise my taxes uh, slightly to give health insurance to other people who aren't my problem? Well, because even with your health insurance, you're still going to die. So you can either be someone who helped other people have better health and better quality of life before their inevitable end, or we hoarded not just our money and our wealth and our power and our privilege to ourselves, but we hoarded our votes. I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this because I realize this sounds like almost like completely in violation of our democratic notion, which is you have one vote and you need to use it for you. But maybe that just plays into the politicians' hands who know at the end of the day they can just count on us to only think about ourselves when we vote. I don't know. Anyways, I do want to encourage you to vote. Um, if only because you have the ability not just to affect yourself, but everybody else. And that's, that's significant. So please use that power wisely and in ways that you believe will um, best benefit the world. All right. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful week.